Hi, this is Dr. Kara Wada. I'm a board-certified pediatric and adult allergy, immunology, and lifestyle medicine physician, certified life coach, medical educator, and systemic Sjogren's patient. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and empower while discussing all things related to allergies, autoimmunity, and anti-inflammatory things. My goal is to help you navigate the healthcare and wellness industries with more clarity and control. If this sounds incredible to you, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to this very special episode of the Crunchy Allergist Podcast. If this is our first time meeting, welcome. Hello, my name is Dr. Kara Wada, and I am a practicing pediatric and adult allergy, immunology, and lifestyle medicine physician. I'm a certified life coach. I'm a mom of three, a wife, and a systemic Sjogren's patient. It's because of everything I learned and went through as a patient, though, that I have made it my mission to use the privilege I have as a physician to help us all navigate our health and wellness more effectively and efficiently, to find ways to ensure that we are fully seen and cared for as patients and as people. So I want to spend this next few minutes really taking some time to reflect on what 2022 has been to share my appreciation for all of you and everyone who's come together to make this year an amazing year and to talk a little bit about resolutions and helping those resolutions become reality as we head into 2023. So for me, 2022 has been all about reflecting, reimagining, and realigning my life to really try to live my values. What do I value most? As I've been doing a lot of this work and thinking back to when I really dug more into this work of personal discovery and development, I take myself back to February of 2020. It was a month before everything shut down and I had this glorious couple of days where my wonderful in-laws came out to watch our girls. And I was able to tag along with my husband for a weekend away. He had some work training and I got to go along to Las Vegas. As I was trying to avoid some of the smoke in the, the establishments there, I spent a lot of time hanging out in the hotel spa area journaling and reading. I brought with me some Brene Brown, a fresh journal, a nice pen, and I drank a whole lot of coffee and tea. But I really started to explore what it was that made me tick and what I valued most. For me, that shows up as fostering curiosity and a love of learning. I feel like my soul is lit on fire when I'm able to learn something new and explore areas of knowledge that are new to me for the first time or ways of thinking of concepts I'm familiar with, but reframing them in a way that I'm almost discovering them again because I'm seeing them through a different set of lenses. One of the other things that I value most is my family, spending time and getting to know them as the humans that they are and how they are developing into, in particular talking about my children, which range in age from seven down to one, how they're exploring this world, seeing the world through their eyes, 
trying to get to know my husband, Akira, who celebrated 10 years of marriage this year and have been together for even longer, over 16 years together as a couple, getting to know each other in a different and new light. The other thing that I really have discovered that I value most is an appreciation of beauty and excellence. So seeing the beauty of nature or in some ways, uh, a sparkly dress or feeling pretty. I love that. That's where my love and appreciation of pageantry comes in to all of this in my work as Dr. Midwest America. A lot of this work has, over this past year, really required me to begin integrating the old with the new, especially as it comes to habits and traditions. I can think of no greater example than what we're doing for New Year's Eve. So New Year's Eve is coming up in a couple of days. And my grandma had this tradition that started back in around 1956. My mom was not even born yet, but my uncle um, was probably about Oliver's age. She and my grandpa wanted to celebrate New Year's. And but they were a young couple, young family. They weren't going to be going out. So... She started this tradition of having a little New Year's Eve party with a lot of small bites and plastic glasses filled with sparkling white grape juice, something bubbly. I have so many memories of celebrating New Year's Eve in this way with little half-thawed frozen cream puffs and shrimp cocktail and little meatballs and miniature hot dogs in a combination of barbecue sauce and grape jelly. But I also realized that these traditions sometimes need to evolve because we evolve and I have evolved in how we eat and how we function as a family. And this is going to look a little different this year. We're going to keep with the tradition of having a table full of small bites. We're going to make sure that there are some vegetables and some fruit, some other food that is going to help nourish us in both physically and emotionally in different ways. But we're also going to change the timeline a little bit. We're going to do our countdown at 7 p.m. instead of midnight in the hope that we can avoid some major kiddo meltdowns. And if we're just meeting, I haven't shared yet now, we are located in Columbus, Ohio, and have been for the past 12 years. One thing I've learned is that from mid-August through January, the social calendar revolves around the Buckeyes. And so since kickoff is at 8 p.m., this will allow our group of friends and parents from our child care center to be back home just in time for kickoff. I am totally looking forward to celebrating the new year, hopefully from the comfort and warmth of my own bed. And I really hope I am sound asleep. Um, But alas, who knows with three little ones at home. The other thing that I am looking to add to our longtime tradition is to add some new traditions to the mix. Jen and I are hosting a vision board party earlier in the day, which I'll share some more about later. But it's exciting and sometimes a little scary to do things that are new. But I challenge you to 
push yourselves. Because as I think about the gratitude that I have in thinking about this past year, what I am most grateful for is pushing myself to set some really audacious goals. Goals that were, at the time, I thought pretty outlandish. As I look back and I page through my journals and look back at some of the things that I put pen to paper to say and to think about, I look back and did I achieve them all? No. But am I totally overjoyed by the process I've made? Heck yeah. I went through, I took just a few minutes last week and I really wrote down the top things I'm celebrating from this past year. I wrote down my top 10. It's that time of year where we all think about the top 10 lists. It ranges from I helped keep my three small humans alive and I stayed married to my husband for another year. But I also gave a TED Talk and this podcast has been downloaded now over 10,000 times. I would have never imagined in launching the virtual Shogren Summit that we would have over a thousand people register and have people attend from over a dozen different countries. I actually took a look this morning back through my clinic information and was curious how many patients' lives I was able to reach this past year. And it was well over 1,100 patients that I've been able to care for. And I don't say these things as something to brag about, but yet I do. I'm celebrating it. And I'm wanting to share and show that we can do these things in spite of living with a chronic illness. And I want to share and take a little bit of time to explain how that process looks. There really are three main parts that we need to think about when we are setting goals and thinking about how we want our future to look. The first is having a vision. The second is keeping our mindset in a place that is going to help us and serve us rather than sabotage us. And the third is to always be taking some sort of action. So I'm going to start using an analogy that one of my friends and colleagues posted about earlier today, Dr. Calderon. And she really explained how our goals are like lighthouses. And I thought this was an absolutely perfect analogy. Lighthouses, they're out in the distance. They're really hard to reach, but they're still visible. Even on the stormiest night, That light is present. It's calling us forward through those choppy waves, over the sharp rocks, through the sheets of snow and ice and rain and hail, all those things. And it's still there on the brightest, sunniest day. We see it clear as day. It's there through the fog. It's there. It's a light guiding us towards something greater than ourselves. That's where writing down your goals, creating a vision board, doing something to, first of all, let go of limiting beliefs 
that we have about ourselves or what the world is supposed to look like, how we're supposed to interact within our world is so valuable. Because typically we frame what our future lives are going to look like as a reflection of our past. And if we do that, then there's very little room for growth. It's during those moments of dreaming, breaking down those things that are holding us back, that we're able to push ourselves to something bigger and something greater. What's fascinating about how the brain works is that when we say a picture is worth a thousand words, our brain really does put more value on images. This is a process called value tagging. Something like a vision board or writing down your goals on a giant post-it note like I have in my office space. It allows your brain to see that there's something actually happening and that you have this strong imagined vision of it. This is what athletes use in order to succeed at the Olympics or to reach the championship. Visualization is a huge part of the work that they're doing behind the scenes in addition to getting those repetitions in the gym or in the pool or wherever. When we have something like a list of goals or a reminder in our lives that is bringing our attention back to our goals, we both consciously and subconsciously start taking action towards achieving them. So when I have little post-it notes that I've talked about at my coffee maker and by my toothbrush of flare-free for 2022, I need to update it, flare-free for 2023, it's reminding me that this is my goal. And I want to take the measurable action that I can to achieve that goal, whether it's making sure to floss my teeth before I go to sleep or taking my medications when I need to, getting some movement in to keep my joints and my muscles limber and feeling less pain than I would if I'm sitting stagnant. When we look at an image, when we look at those things that we have, our goals in mind, we start to feel the emotions that we would feel when we would achieve those goals. And our brain will no longer see these things as new and scary, They'll see them as a possibility. As we think about that possibility, it's a natural shift in our mindset. So often we go through life in a mindset of scarcity, in part because it's how we're wired. When we feel that a resource is scarce, we hold on to it. We want to hoard the things. We don't want to put ourselves out there. It's part of keeping ourselves safe and alive, especially as we were cave people way back thousands and thousands of years ago. But by shifting our mindset, when we think about food or time or energy from scarcity to abundance, it's amazing 
how quickly that can result in changes. I think about time in particular. If we always approach life with this thought that there's not enough time to do what we need to do, then there won't be enough time. But if we switch our mindset into thinking that there's enough time to do what we need to do, that really can make a huge difference in how we show up and what we can accomplish. I'm really excited um, because I'm going to be sharing with the Belong group how specifically I go about scheduling my week and how that has allowed me now to accomplish so much in this past year. I know my partner Jen is really excited to learn this technique as well, but essentially I take an hour at the beginning of every week. I go through a specific process I get everything planned and accounted for, and then I take stock of how that looked at the end of the week. I keep experimenting, and this has worked incredibly well to have this really mega successful 2022, and I'm excited to see how it continues to pay off in 2023. The other aspect I mentioned is always being in this action-taking mode, whether it's taking small steps or bigger leaps. I'm always trying something. Even if that trying something is actually doing nothing, I'm still seeing how that shows up and how that serves me. Approaching life from this place of curiosity, this, okay, how does this work? Results aren't failure or success necessarily. It's all information. It's information that I can take in. It's data that I can analyze and think about and use to apply my next decisions. So as we quickly are approaching the beginning of 2023, I want to share a huge thank you to everyone who has helped in joining this movement, this evolving resource that is the Crunchy Allergist podcast. I want to thank all of our amazing guests. I want to thank my crew behind the scenes, Allison and Morris. I want to thank Jen, my partner in the Belong community. I want to thank my amazing clients, my patients, Those of you who are on social media and following, who are on our email list, thank you for your questions and your suggestions and your feedback. Thank you all for making 2022 an amazing year, and I am so excited about 2023. We're going to have more amazing guests I'm going to be diving more into some educational topics on the immune system, on inflammation. I'm going to be diving deeper into the role of trauma and stress. We know that, for instance, inflammation can be both harmful and healing, depending on the magnitude and the context. And this is very true about stress as well. Stress can show up as trauma in certain circumstances 
and the magnitude is you know, out of proportion to how prepared we are for it. I find it an interesting paradigm to consider how stress and trauma and inflammation relate to one another, but also follow a similar path in how they can show up in our health and well-being. I would be remiss if I didn't at least share, if you're listening to this as it's being released on Wednesday morning, Jen and I would love to invite you to our vision board session on the 31st at noon Eastern time. We'll put the link to get tickets. If you're already part of the Belong group, you are already invited. Your ticket will be in your email. If you aren't a part of Belong and want to learn more, I would welcome you to listen to our episode a couple of Weeks ago, a bonus episode on what Belong is. It is our not-so-secret society for those of us that are looking to live a life in spite of her chronic inflammatory illnesses that don't want to be limited by that and want to use our lifestyle to help support our health and healing in an awesome community, lots of great resources. Our first two coaching calls have been really transformational and I can't wait to see all that's in store for each and every one of us as we embark on this next year. So I wish you all well and look forward to celebrating on an even bigger scale next year. If you like what you're hearing so far and you think others would benefit from hearing it too, it would be amazing if you would take a few minutes to rate and review the Crunchy Allergist podcast. Ratings and reviews are the best way to make podcasts discoverable. I would love it if you'd give me your honest opinion and of course a five-star review would be great. If you click the subscribe button, you will automatically receive weekly episodes without needing to do anything else. If you feel called to share with your friends or family, I would be so grateful. If you'd like to learn more about how we can work together, head over to drkarawada.com.